Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a super special bonus episode of the Nightmare Girls podcast. Woo! 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 Yeah. Snaps! Yay! Snaps. That probably hurt your ears, but <laughs> well, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Everything's fine. Um, Meg, would you care to explain what our surprise is? Yeah, so this is something we've been planning for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not the the way this specific episode turned out was not something we were planning, but we'll get to that in a moment. But we have been planning on bringing you all bonus content in the form of us reading you some creepy pastas that we find on the internet and then discussing them. And most of our readings of them will probably be somewhat humorous, despite the creepiness of the stories. Um, so now you're probably wondering what a creepy pasta is. Anna, would you care to tell the viewers what? Not the viewers, the listeners, what a creepy pasta <laughs> is. So it's sort of like a short story that is generally quite creepy and fictional, and it basically goes viral, I guess, and it gets spread all over the internet, and then people title these like mini short horror stories as creepypastas. There's also a website yes, that sure. they all get posted to sometimes. Um, yeah. Yes. I don't know I don't know where <laughs> pasta came from, but they're still enjoyable <laughs> regardless. Yeah. It's something I think it has something to do with like how they're copied and pasted between different sites. So it's like oh. a copy paste. Copy, paste I, I could be making pasta. that up, but like, <gasps> True. It, I think that has something to do with it. If you, our dear listeners, know more about this than we evidently do, uh, please <laughs> let us know. <laughs> yeah, but that's what we're, that's what we're planning on doing with bonus episodes is mm-hmm. reading and discussing different creepypastas. This was something I think if we had the like capacity to do so we would have like incorporated it into normal episodes but obviously we each have like our own like specific topic that we like to cover mm-hmm. and creepypastas just doesn't really like fit into any of those mm-hmm. maybe no. sometimes they do but for the most part because they're fictional they do not well generally yeah. <laughs> well generally we'll plan on having them for our listener episodes it'll be fun yeah yeah help you not sleep tonight yes uh, so um this one turned out to be a bit of a surprise for us, even in the making of it. Um, we chose to do Candle Cove for our first creepypasta because that's kind of one of the first scary stories that brought us together and that we kind of bonded over and made us realize how much we all love horror and, and um, scary things. Um, so... As we, you know, started making this episode, we wanted to get permission from the author to use his story. Um, so we, we reached out to the author and um, he gave us permission to use his story and then asked if we would like to do an interview, So, which we were not expecting. And we're so grateful to have had that experience. Um, let, let, let's set the stage of how this even happened. So... We're talking about you doing Candle Cove because Candle Cove is like a big, big creepypasta. Went pretty viral. They even made a TV show based on it because it's that cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're talking about how we should get permission from the author. Anna sends a DM on our Nightmare Girls Twitter account. And um, I guess like, I don't even know how long after. It was like a couple hours after, maybe maybe even an hour. 
I don't know. I was like half asleep. And then I see my phone is blowing up, like absolutely blowing up <laughs> with texts and FaceTime requests. We're just like, <laughs> yeah, Meg, it was like Meg, crazy. Meg, and I was like, Meg. okay, whatever, I'll pick up. So I, I finally picked up. <laughs> and then Anna and Rose are like, you have no idea what just happened. Like, oh, and I'm, I'm like, I can barely process what's going on. <laughs> and then I find out that Chris Straub, the author of Candle Cove, who we had DM'd, was like, oh, yeah. I'll do an interview too, and you guys can absolutely talk about it. And so, that was just my version of the events. But <laughs> no, that's about it. No, he was—he's so... a super nice guy, and he just oh, yeah. was willing to answer some questions we had about uh, the story and about some of his other work. So it was just like the coolest to talk to him, and just a great opportunity for us. Um, so I really hope that you guys enjoy yeah. listening to yeah, some he's super of- smart too, like very. Like, he thinks very deeply about the content that he produces in the horror genre. And I think us Mm -hmm, as fans and being very appreciative of, like, the horror genre also, it was just, like, super awesome for us to get the opportunity to connect with someone that, like, thinks like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was definitely more, like, well thought out (laughs) than I – not that I didn't think it was a well-written story, but I was like, oh, you know, whatever. It's, like, a short horror story. It doesn't mean that much. But, like, it was, like, some of his answers, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. that's why it's so creepy. Like, it, I don't know. He just really yeah. thought about his his story. It was just and really along interesting. with, like, Local 58, which is, uh, like, short series on YouTube, which we do talk about in the interview. But, mm-hmm. like, that is, there's so much that's so well thought out and, like, just incredible. Like, it's really, really impressive, everything yeah. he does. Yeah. And if you're interested in following Chris, which we highly recommend, mm. or, like, checking out some of his work, because he's a cartoonist. Um, he wrote Candle Cove. He wrote other short horror stories. He made Local 58. He does a lot of really mm-hmm. cool things on the internet. We'll put his links in our description, and then we'll also put them on our various social media accounts, too, so you can follow mm-hmm. him. And then I guess just another big special thank you to Chris for even agreeing <laughs> to let us yes. talk about Candle Cove and for letting us chat with him, because we were, like, starstruck. <laughs> it was probably very clear <laughs> when yeah. we were talking to him. We're all idiots. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but it was really cool. Um, and so this episode got, like, you probably saw some of the tweets and things. Like, we were literally freaking out because this we didn't plan for the episode to be as cool as it ended mm-hmm. up being. So thank you, Chris. Yeah. yeah. So I guess first we're going to read read the story of Candle Co. for y'all to the yes. best of our ability. And then we'll cut right to the interview with Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So have fun listening to that. Enjoy. Okay, cool. Should we jump into it? Yeah. Yes, please. Okay, so... <clears throat> Gotta clear my throat. All right. So this is the creepypasta of Candle Cove. Should we play creepy music in the background? Yes. <laughs> okay. 100%. Creepy yeah. music comes in here. So this is a series of posts on the Net Nostalgia Forum um, under the thread television, parentheses, local, and... Just for reference, also, the story is written by Chris Straub. Skyshale 033. Subject, Candle Cove Local Kids Show? Question mark? Does, I don't know why I said question mark. Anyway. <laughs> Does anyone remember this kids show? It was called Candle Cove, and I must have been six or seven. I never found reference to it anywhere, so I think it was on a local station around 1971 or 1972. I lived in Ironton at the time. I don't remember which station, but I do remember it was on at a weird time, like 
4 p.m. Mike Painter, 65, subject RE Candle Cove Local Kids Show. It seems really familiar to me. I grew up outside of Ashland, and I was nine years old in 72. Candle Cove, was it about pirates? I remember a pirate marionette at the mouth of the cave talking to a little girl. Skies Hail, subject, re, Candle Cove local kids show. Yes, okay, I'm not crazy. I remember Pirate Percy. I was always kind of scared of him. He looked like he was built from parts of other dolls. Real <laughs> low budget. <laughs> Sorry, that's a very disturbing image. That's so <clears> creepy. Yeah. His head was an old porcelain baby doll. Looked like an antique that didn't belong on the body. I don't remember what station this was. I don't think it was WTSF, though. Jaren, 2005. Subject, re-Candle Cove local kids show. Sorry to resurrect this old thread, but I know exactly what show you mean. Skyshale. I think Candle Cove ran for only a couple months in 71, not 72. I was 12, and I watched it a few times with my brother. It was Channel 58 whatever station that was. My mom would let me switch to it after the news. Let me see what I remember. It took place in Candle Cove, and it was about a little girl who imagined herself to be friends with pirates. The pirate ship was called the Laughing Stock, and Pirate Percy wasn't a very good pirate because he got scared too easily. And there was... What is that word? <laughs> is, it, is it Calliope? 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 That's how I would say it. I don't know what the Calliope. hell that means. Calliope. You guys all probably know what word we're talking about, and it's fine. I just froze when I saw it. Anyway, and there was Calliope music constantly playing. Don't remember the girl's name. Janice or Jade or something. I think it was Janice. Skyshale Reed. Candle Cove Local Kids Show. Thank you, Jared. Memories flooded back when you mentioned the laughing stock in Channel 58. I remember the bow, the bow, the bow, the bow, yes, the bow. bow of the ship. Okay, that's what I thought. Sorry, the bow of the ship. <laughs> I don't know anything about ships. The bow of the ship was a wooden smiling face with the lower jaw submerged. It looked like it was swallowing the sea, and it had that awful Edwin voice and laugh. I especially remember how jarring it was when they switched from the wooden slash plastic model to the foam puppet version of the head that talked. Mike Painter 65. Haha, I remember now too. Winky face emoji. Do you remember that this part, Skyshale? You have to go inside. I think that was a perfect opportunity for you to showcase the beginnings of your accent. Oh, do you want me to do it again? <laughs> just, say, just say that you have to go inside part again. Okay. You have to go inside. That was beautiful, Rose. <laughs> it wasn't an accent, though. It was just you changing your voice. I don't... I. What do you want She's saving the real accent it's okay. for her other it's character. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be better. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Skyshell. Ugh, Mike. I got a chill reading that. Yeah, Mike. Jesus. Um, yes, I remember. <laughs> That's what the ship always told Percy when there was a spooky place he had to go in, like a cave or a dark room where the treasure was. And the camera would push in on the laughingstock's face with each pause. You have to go inside. With, sorry, I'm laughing at myself, which is really sad. Um, <laughs> with, with his two eyes askew and that flopping foam jaw and the fishing line that opened and closed it. 
Ugh. It just looked so cheap and awful. You guys remember the villain? He had a face that was just a handlebar mustache above really tall, narrow teeth. Ew. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, Rose. Uh, entree new character. <laughs> yeah, and enter new one. Also Rose. <laughs> okay. This is Kevin Hart. Oh god. <laughs> She's winding up. Yeah. I'm panicking is what I'm doing. <laughs> I honestly, honestly, thought the villain was Pirate Percy. I was about five when that show was on. Nightmare fuel. <laughs> Rose, that was incredible, and I love beautiful that Kevin has just become an icon of this story. Like yeah. entered out Thank of you. nowhere. Sassy we stand this Kevin Hart. Thank we you do. so much. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Jaren, 2005. That wasn't the villain. The puppet with the mustache. That was the villain's sidekick, Horace Horrible. He had a monocle, too, but it was on top of the mustache. I used to think that meant he had only one eye. But yeah, the villain was another marionette. The skin taker. I can't believe what they let us watch back then. <clears throat> Kevin Hart. Jesus H. Christ, the skin taker. What kind of a kid's show are we watching? I seriously could not look at the screen when the skin taker showed up. He just descended out of nowhere on his strings. Just a dirty skeleton wearing that brown top hat and cape. And his glass eyes were too big for his skull. Christ almighty. Okay, that was... I'm deciding now after you reading that segment that the accent you chose was perfect for it's Kevin. so perfect. <laughs> like, saying Jesus H. Christ in that accent was just... Chef's kiss. Yeah, oh, I'm so iconic, <laughs> truly. <laughs> um, sky, sky shell. Wasn't his top hat and cloak all sewn up crazily? Wasn't that supposed to be children's skin? <sighs> Mike Painter. Yeah, I think so. I remember his mouth didn't open and close. His jaw just slid back and forth. I remember oh. the little girl said, Why does your mouth move like that? And the skin taker didn't look at the girl, but at the camera, and said, "To grind your skin." Ew. Okay. <laughs> Disgusting. Nasty. I hate that. <laughs> Sky shell. I'm so relieved that other people remember this terrible show. I used to have this awful memory—a bad dream I had, where the opening jingle ended, the show faded in from black, and all the characters were there, but the camera was just cutting to each of their faces. And they were just screaming. And the puppets and marionettes were flailing spastically and just all screaming, screaming. The girl was just moaning and crying like she had been through hours of this. I woke up many times from that nightmare. I used to wet the bed when I had it. Kevin Hart. I don't think that was a dream. I remember that. I remember that was an episode. Sky Shale. No, no, no. Not possible. There was no plot or anything. I mean, literally just standing in place crying and screaming for the whole show. Kevin Hart. Maybe I'm manufacturing the memory because you said that, but I swear to God, I remember seeing what you described. They just screamed. Jaren, 2005. Oh God, yes. The little girl, Janice. I remember seeing her shake and the skin taker screaming through his gnashing teeth. His jaw careening so wildly I thought it would come off its wire hinges. I turned it off, and it was the last time I watched. I ran to tell my brother, and we didn't have the courage to turn it back on. Mike Painter. 
I visited my mom today at the nursing home. I asked her about when I was little in the early 70s, when I was eight or nine, and if she remembered a kid's show, Candle Cove. She said she was surprised I could remember that, and I asked why, and she said, because I used to think it was so strange that you said, I'm gonna go watch Candle Cove now, mom, and then you would tune the TV to static and just watch dead air for 30 minutes. You had a big imagination with your little pirate show. Dun dun dun. dun. Oh, we did the same thing. I just got chills. (laughs) Bro, that messes me up. It is so creepy. I remember the first time I read it, reading that last post by Mike Painter Mm -hmm. gave me absolute chills. Genuinely. The skin taker? Like, that's so crazy. Nasty. And I think another big element of, like, creepypastas, too, is, like, you get the, like, the horror portion of the story, but you don't get all the answers. So there's a lot left to the imagination. And yeah. I think that's why they sit with people for so long, too, because we don't know why these people were all watching the same creepy show or apparently watching Dead Air and then seeing the show. And it's just so messed up. Yeah. Ugh, I'm looking at the comments right now, and one of them says, This show seems oddly familiar to me. Weird. Dot, dot, oh, Jesus. Dot. I hate that. Well, it's like, I'm pretty sure uh, when I was finding the link to this, like, official version of, like, the story to read, there yeah. were a bunch of Reddit threads that were like, Is Candle Cove real? Do you guys remember something like Candle Cove? And it was, like, not, like, playing off of the story. It was, like, people genuinely trying to have a conversation about, like, is candle cove like a legit thing or is there a phenomena like candle cove with like a different show that people remember right yeah okay there we go okay Okay. we're good now (laughs) well i'm anna yeah um i'm rose (laughs) i'm I'm chris nice to meet you here (laughs) Uh, my name is Chris Draup. I am uh, the author of the Creepypasta Candle Cove. I do the um, short horror series on YouTube, Local 58. Um, and I'm a cartoonist, and I'm a presenter, and I'm a podcaster, and I'm a mess. I think that the term is, <laughs> I think the term is content creator is what <laughs> stuck. Awesome. Great. Very cool. We are, we are also messes. We're so yeah. like, we, our editing process is like moving all these little clips of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just, yeah. just the, it's a disaster. Just, yeah. it's, it's horrible. If I could do now, if I want to do, like, I want to do more podcasts, I can make them, but mm-hmm. it has to be one where I don't edit it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, I can fill space with extemporaneous speech, but <laughs> I used to do podcasts with people who are like, I don't want a single breath. I don't want a single pause. Oh, it's, that's not how people speak. It's okay right. if there are pauses, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We honestly, when you DM'd us back yesterday, you should have, our text stream was like, <laughs> oh my God, like we're, we're really huge fans of, especially Candle Cove. It really like brought mm-hmm. us together in college, which I know sounds weird, but it was like, <laughs> we bonded over um, yeah. reading it together. And yeah, so this okay. is kind of, kind of one of the first like pieces of horror that brought us together and uh 
in, it, in its had, own way inspired this podcast. <laughs> if it had any uh, value, it would be to inspire friendships. That was the point. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy TV. Nothing like that. <laughs> Great. Um, so I guess I wanted to know kind of what inspired you or like drew you to the horror genre because you've done a few different things in it, right? Mm-hmm. I <laughs> So typically, like I would, first of all, I've always described myself as a cartoonist because that's what I had been doing um, mm-hmm. since 2000. I did a lot of web comics, and mm-hmm. uh, only since the birth of my son about six years ago did that have to pause. Did that mm-hmm. take a big downturn because <laughs> I could not work anymore? Mm-hmm. I couldn't keep the same schedule. Um, but I always saw myself as science fiction driven. I've always enjoyed science fiction much more Mm -hmm. than say fantasy or even horror. But, um, it occurred to me that in my house, there were a lot of, my dad had a lot of, um, short story collections and some Mm -hmm. of them were Lovecraft and short stories Mm -hmm. are a good device for, um, like ironic twists. Right. So typically Mm -hmm. that's like the, the, the province of the very short story and I did not read those books as if they were horror I thought they were like classical literature like I thought oh this is what adults read and (laughs) but it didn't occur to me that like no this is a specific genre of horror this is like cosmic horror this is Mm -hmm. this is weird fiction um but I think what I like about horror the most is that um besides the idea of it letting you explore frightening ideas in a safe environment. Uh, It's uh, like my background is uh, my family is all um, engineers and doctors. And I Mm -hmm. was originally a computer science uh, graduate. (laughs) And I I love science. I care about science very much. But horror Mm -hmm. um, gives you a place to examine what if science doesn't work the way that you thought it did or like what if communication doesn't work the way that you thought it did or you hope it does mm-hmm. but what do you do when confronted with that mm-hmm. and uh that's that's way more interesting to me like especially in a supernatural vein mm-hmm. i'm not as afraid of or rather it's not about being afraid it's like i'm not as interested in say something like a serial killer because we have serial killers and like there's mm-hmm. no fun there for me i don't enjoy that <laughs> It's a real thing right. that, that can uh, that can affect and harm a person. Right. I, I want to see things that are possible that I would not yeah. have imagined. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's super interesting. So it's like the the anti science. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anti science, a... creepy, like supernatural stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I guess that's something like we really noticed about like your work too, like you have you still have like lingering questions like come like the end of the story or like mm-hmm. I mean I, I watched like the local 58 videos too and there's like so many questions oh, yeah. and, like, I think I don't I think like the unknown is like the chill of it too mm-hmm. um but I, I guess like going into that like what inspired Candle Cove was it I guess that like unknown bit that you wanted to like explore and um I think that so Candle Cove specifically and I think a lot of the of the work I've done in that oeuvre it has to do with um, uh, placing trust in something that is not worthy of your trust. And Mm -hmm. 
there are a couple factors. The one that I, I've when I've done interviews before, I've I've given this example um, of it. Uh, I'll just start at the beginning. So yeah, I lived in Los Angeles. Um, mm. That's where I was mm -hmm. from, mm -hmm. and uh, there are two public broadcasting stations near Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. One is KCT Channel 28, and they are the ones who get all the money. I don't know how the how PBS works. <laughs> they have a higher budget. There's that's where you could see Sesame Street and and Mr. Rogers and like what you would know as children's fair that's like mm -hmm. vetted and understood and that's what I will show to my child in the 80s. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then there was Channel 58 um, KLCS which broadcasts out of the high desert I guess like Palmdale and for some mm -hmm. so it's a public broadcasting station but they did not have the same budget and I don't mm -hmm. know like again I don't know how funds are parceled out it seems like it has to do with money um, but I mean, they have as much right to broadcast Sesame Street as, as the other station does. If they didn't show Sesame Street. They would yeah. show old film strips of like Canadian kids television. They would show like film strips that are from the late 60s to early 80s that were clearly for use in a classroom setting. Uh, and so they were like mis displaced from time for one yeah. for me to see them. And they were just foreign and alien. And the most interesting thing to me about it was there was a show called um, Inside Out on there, which is before my time, but the, I was mm -hmm. still able to see it because of the them broadcasting it. <laughs> but it was a film strip probably dated from the early 70s, which, of course, is responsible for like this sort of do-it-yourself garbage puppet aesthetic <laughs> that is scary like which i also don't understand where somebody can be okay. so well-meaning and like i want to show kids something fun and then they finish <laughs> making the puppet and they're like this is good this is going to be in the show and it's like this puppet is terrifying it's so creepy. <laughs> uh, but the show inside out about um speaking to um like leaving stuff open-ended inside mm -hmm. out was a show which i think was uh, designed to uh, foster um, conversations about social situations in a classroom. So I am imagining its best use case would be in the classroom in the early 70s. Teacher puts it on in your social studies class and it shows a situation where like there's a bully or there's a, some thing that kid wants, you know, the kid wants the fanciest mm -hmm. toy in the store and then there's this little narrative about did he steal it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Uh, but then each episode would end on a cliffhanger. It's like he did steal it, and he, he did steal it, and he got caught. And the camera would like crash zoom on the kid's face, and then just, <laughs> just still, and then it would just oh go God. back to the title sequence again. Oh, now, that's so the, weird. <laughs> and in the classroom, you can watch them. Somebody uploaded them to YouTube. Mm. Um, in the classroom, you as the teacher would turn it off now, and you would say. All right, well, let's talk about that. What happened to this kid, and how do you feel about it? But mm -hmm. at home, there's no teacher. I did not. I was not guided through it. Yeah. So you just sit with it as if it was a whole show, as if that's mm -hmm. it, you know? Right. And, so and there's no resolution, and it's so creepy. <laughs> and the idea that, you know, kid kids' television especially is like, I'm a if you're a grown up, ostensibly, I could mm -hmm. sit my child down in front of this and trust that it's watchable or like it's mm -hmm. there's educational value or something or at the very yeah. least it doesn't do harm yeah but like yeah. what if it's like who vets this stuff 
I don't know who vetted the content at KLCS. So it's like, that's Candle Cove is like, well, why is this being shown? Why did, why were we the only ones who knew about it? You know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it didn't scare me at the time. It was just very like bizarre. Mm -hmm. Like this doesn't feel right. Right. Very anachronistic and strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and even harder to relate to because of the time period too. Right, Where right. It's like these people are adults now. Like I don't know what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were talking last night, kind of how what different TV shows as kids impacted us or like stuck with mm-hmm. us or even like scared us. <laughs> and it's just so interesting. Is like the stuff that I don't know what my parents were thinking. But like, <laughs> I, I was terrified. Like, I don't. What's know. your What's your age group here? Y'all We're met in early twenties, college, yeah. early twenties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, do you feel, as your age, that there was a um, there's a lot more hesitance now in in like young adult and kids programming to just out and out scare a child. Like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about stuff like, um, you know, um never-ending story or uh any any movie where it's like this is this is from the 80s and there's a straight up awful sequence the horse is is gonna die because it's given up and it's like it's not like a horse that kids care about the violence is being uh set upon it it's more like no the horse is going to drown because it has given up and it is too depressed to continue and right. it is now going to die, and you can't do anything. Like yeah. a deep, deep wound yeah. for for somebody to watch. But at the time, it felt like, like yeah, we could put that in a movie. That's a kids' movie. We could do that. Mm-hmm. Like right. there was less sure. concern about it. But now I don't uh-huh. feel like it's the same. It's not the same. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I, didn't... I didn't. Sorry, go ahead. Go. <laughs> well, about. so I didn't watch it until like I was older. But um, Bridge to Terabithia, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fully like character death, and you're just supposed to like, I don't. I guess it's about coping with death, but as a kids movie, that's very like dark yeah. and and like I can't imagine yeah. watching that as a child. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it being like a kid can watch it. I mean, as far as my own son is concerned, like I don't want him to watch stuff like that. I don't want no. him to be afraid, mm-hmm. yeah. but I don't mind if he's afraid, and then he can unpack it with me after right. like it yeah. can be as long as it's you know the content isn't like crazy above yeah. his paper yeah yeah. <laughs> but, yeah I don't know why like I'm imagining like a generation growing up with this stuff sort of unmoored it's like it's on tv it's yeah. you know you're right. flipping around and you just stumble on it mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. maybe that's another reason why why that kind of television is uh was frightening to me is that you could just mm-hmm. find it you know right yeah and... parents just plop you in front of the tv for an hour yeah. <laughs> Saturday yeah. mornings they didn't know the what channels. we were watching yeah yeah or mm-hmm. in candle cove they just let you watch static <laughs> for an hour <laughs> right yeah they didn't like they, they put it on and they thought you were playing something and you didn't right. know you didn't know enough back then to tell them no I was seeing a show right mm-hmm. that I didn't make up yeah right oof <laughs> It's good. It's good. I like the device. I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. Um, um, 
I guess, uh, were you expecting Candle Cove to go as, like, viral, I guess, as a, like, in terms of, like, it being posted everywhere and people talking? Because that was one of the first, like, creepypastas that I think I ever read, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. <laughs> I was not aware. I think it was, at the time, it was, like, one of the first creepypastas when the term was first mm-hmm. instantiated. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not know that that was a thing. I right. was posting short stories on my site and just to be read. And I wonder if part of the thing that helped it um, get as widespread as it was, was trimming my name off of it and then sharing mm-hmm. it as if it was an actual forum exchange that right. somebody had mm-hmm. found and was sharing. And I'm as a, as a, a, uh, a commercial artist as a person who is trying to make money from it i'm mad that the credit had to be stripped off for it to be mm. considered <laughs> yeah but as an artist i understand that it has a mm. lot more power as is it real is it not real right um, right but i also don't know if it's 100 percent necessary i mean i didn't know that <laughs> that would be would be um the response to it either right and i remember the ending of it I was like, I don't know how to wrap this up. It was like an excuse <laughs> to write, um, to come up with um, vaguely um, familiar characters that could have been on a show mm-hmm. uh, from then. And I think that maybe a lot, part of its strength is how vague I wrote it. So that it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I could have remembered a show like that, maybe. Uh, it doesn't sound out of the question. Like it right. borrows a lot of yeah. tropes and like the mood of a lot of that old like late mm-hmm. uh, mid 70s type of tv children's mm-hmm. fair which is again kind of shitty and now it's constructed <laughs> yeah uh, a forgettable show probably unless you were terrified of it right um, but ending it with the static thing i thought oh that's a good ending i didn't think yeah. like i think i was there because i don't know how to end it i'm kind of running out of time <laughs> i guess i kind of want to wrap it up i did the part i wanted to do which is a show where they're screaming uh-huh. yeah just, just finish it. Um, but again like that's another thing that i think that analog stuff is a lot more frightening because of how like unguided it could be like it's not as scary if you put a blu-ray in mm-hmm. like there's a reason why the ring is a videotape because it's such a weird staticky medium as opposed mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you know crystal clear uh 4k yeah. like, <laughs> you can't hide a ghost in there it's every no. bit is accounted for <laughs> right right that's kind of weird transition to figure out right. where we're there mm-hmm. yeah i think that's part of what works is like the i mean the fact that in real life on tv like you could just flip the channels and land on any old thing and like you know, you never know what you're going to find, basically. Yeah, yeah. Or And even the, yeah, by nature of the technology, like, I have a show I want to watch. I have to wait for it to come on. I don't uh-huh. I don't get to choose it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I show up, you know, if I'm there a half hour early and I put it on the TV, yeah. I'm kind of at the mercy of whatever's being shown then if I want to mm-hmm. watch until my thing comes on. Right. Mm-hmm. There's also, like, a disconnect, I think, in terms of how fast stuff works now. Uh, as far as like there has to be a place for ritual uh, which was more easily like um, ritual more easily organically arose because of how 
janky the technology was. Mm-hmm. Like there mm-hmm. were steps, like you had to put the cassette in, you have to mm-hmm. rewind, you have to listen to this rewinding sound. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You have to sit through the um, the production bumpers, like the logos. Have you seen this? Yeah. Uh, I think the website's gone now, which is fascinating to me. Um, but if you look up, what is it called? If you look up CLG Wiki, someone has cataloged from home video and syndicated television and stuff like that, all of the mm. logos and the little bumpers that oh. come before and after a, a show. Yeah. Um, and I think they got rid of it because I don't know why they were maybe trying change demographic or something, but there used to be mm-hmm. a like scariness factor under it. <laughs> oh it's like God. some people are terrified of these bumpers. And I remember feeling some like unease when I would see them. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. just somebody's logo for their company. But for some reason, like the presentation of what I assume they're trying to portray is, you know, ostentatiousness and luxury. And like we're bringing mm-hmm. you this this show that you enjoy. <laughs> Uh, monolithic, uh, um, you know, this figure of industry. But it honestly, like that stuff doesn't read to a child. It reads as this thing is invading. Like, why is the noise so low? And, <laughs> right. And this suppressive <laughs> logo. Um, mm-hmm. It's so interesting, though, because, yeah, you'd have to sit through that stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a neat, um, again, and I'm sorry to dominate. The, um, <laughs> no, no. There's a very short 10-minute documentary which sort of expounds on that. It's called the the S from Hell. Have you seen it? Oh, no, no. It's a specific it. production logo from a company called Screen Gems that scared the bejesus out of this <laughs> out of a number of people. Uh, like, why? Wow, it's weird. But like mm-hmm. a generation or a small subset of a generation remember this thing coming on before a show they wanted to see a cartoon or something and it scared the hell out of them because it's like what am i looking at what am i watching why is this here in front of the show i wanted to watch why am i being made Mm -hmm. to see it and they talk about having to like it'll come at the end of the show too and like during the credits of the cartoon they would have to turn the tv off so i don't see that thing (laughs) it's so strange what you parse as you know what especially the mind of a child like would parse this illogic as it's like this does right. not fit but yet it's being delivered to me i think that is frightening i think that's yeah. scary mm-hmm. yeah that's so interesting on like a child psychology level like <laughs> these different things like no no adult would have thought oh that's going to be scary <laughs> but yeah. well and that's yeah. another reason why the puppet stuff is so weird to me it's like right. i'm just yeah. like, couldn't tell this is fucking awful <laughs> <laughs> Like you, you're well-meaning and everything, but like it's terrible, and it's like hanging, yeah. and the felt is like come yeah. apart. It sucks. Yeah. It's not good. No. And just I know you're proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough to uh, make it a positive thing for a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> part of the response to Candle Cove has been like people in comments and things saying that they actually remember something like Candlecomb <laughs> um, or the show itself. Like, I don't know. What do you make of that kind of comment? I think it's weird. I don't like it. I think <laughs> no. you're, you're lying to yourselves. Yeah. I don't, I think, because it's, the question is, is this a, is this the attempt to proliferate it as a hoax or is it an actual, like, mm. I think I did remember that. I think I did see something like that. Uh, that I, the latter I could understand, 
And if you're trying to spook somebody else by saying, no, I think I really did see that. <laughs> oh, come on. That's a bad face. Yeah. Yeah. Let, like, there's also like a, I feel like horror has a responsibility to exist within a certain bound. Mm-hmm. Like you as the viewer have to consent to it also. It's like, I'm going mm-hmm. to go into this horror movie knowing that, it, especially because it might have these themes that maybe are personally traumatizing. And I would like to know before I'm made to sit in front of it. Because um, it is supposed <laughs> right. to be for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like it needs to be a hoax or it needs to be a, like, a, ooh, but maybe it is real, though. Because I am <laughs> seeing right. it. That doesn't right. have to be that way in order to make it. <laughs> I remember one of the first, mm-hmm. or when I had posted the first Local 58, um, the weather service with the moon, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. how some of the early comments were, it's, it's really good, but cut, take the credits off the end, because it lets everybody know it's a, that it's a short, oh, but yeah. it's not a real thing. No, it is a short, it's not a real thing. Yeah. My intent is not, yeah. my intent is to scare you inside of the bounds of, of yeah. a fiction, yeah. not to... You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't buy a Stephen King book, and I'm like, I I wasn't into it until I tore the cover off. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. I don't want to know that it was read or it was written. I want to pretend that I found it in a parking lot. Yeah, like, oh, that's so scary. Funny. <laughs> yeah. It is weird that there is want? like that fascination of like, if it if we think it actually is real, then it's scarier or something because I, I think stuff that is created within the horror genre is just so incredible and people should be credited for it mm-hmm. and like it shouldn't be true I don't know I don't know that might just be us <laughs> yeah yeah like it depends on the intent like if you want to mm-hmm. create something that's organic and gets shared like that that's also fine mm-hmm. I think it's valid and I think that there's a lot of reason why that stuff is scarier because it just it adds another layer of question to whether or not this mm-hmm. is actually did this actually happen? Right. But it shouldn't be like the mode of horror. It's like <laughs> it's all found footage. I agree that yeah. found footage is scary. Right. But that right. doesn't mean I'm going to take every movie and run it through a, you know, <laughs> grain, scratch it up. And right. It looks like it was in the woods. Like it's okay if it was written. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, yeah. but people hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, just like a random question that I just thought of. Do the names in your in the short story like have any meaning, or did you just like do like random name generator, just like oh Kevin, Mike? Oh, they had no, they had no meaning. I just, no meaning. Okay. Yeah, I, I had, I did not know that Kevin Hart would be a real person. They were right. They were complete throwaways. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we watched we watched the um the Channel Zero show too. Mm-hmm. That was another thing and. I, we didn't realize until we were reading through the like actual creepypasta again that like Mike Painter was like one of the usernames. So that's yeah. why we were like, I don't know why, I don't know. Did you have anything to do with the show, like production wise or like I had, developing? I had or... very little to do with mm-hmm. it, but I do know that or what appealed to me in the first place was, um, I liked the approach. I liked how they were handling the material, and it, rather than it being like, because I understand that if you were to shoot Kennel Cove as a show, you would, the one I wrote, it would be five minutes long. There's no right. story. There's nothing there. So right. you have to add a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the approach. I liked, I like Nick Antoska's writing very much. He's written mm-hmm. a lot, of, a lot of great stories and he uh, 
wrote on Hannibal and uh, other like meaty, like actual horror that I think is where I veer that type of like very, very mm-hmm. considered and very um, uh, alien, mm-hmm. uh, like a confrontation with an unknowable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked the director's work that he had done in the past, like that sensibility and those kind of stark, silent uh, shots that you just have to absorb as the reader mm-hmm. and or as the viewer and wonder what, why you are being made to see this. Like, mm-hmm. and, and when I found out that, um, what is the guy's name? I'm going to butcher it. Is it Olivier, Olivier de Sagazan? The, um, he, he's the skin taker. He plays the, oh. with the, with the clay. He mm-hmm. made a, like, he has an art career as a, as a performance artist where he does that with clay. Oh. And it's, uh, I, I saw that like way before unrelated. And then when they said, oh yeah, we have him to play the character. <laughs> God, that's good. <laughs> that's so cool. That's awesome. But, yeah. I, but I was not involved with the um, with the production of the show. Mm-hmm. They were very kind and kept me updated on it. Mm-hmm. But I trusted mm-hmm. them, and it was a perfect thing for me to give up to the production because mm-hmm. I didn't have I didn't was not my precious baby story that I was mm-hmm. delicate mm-hmm. about. Right. Okay. That they that they took it and ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay, well, okay, so this, I have seen all the Local 58 videos, my brother would send them to me, like, in the middle of the night, and they'd, like, freak me out, (laughs) and things like that, Um, I guess, where did the idea for that come from, like, was that also, because, I mean, because it's more of, like, the news channel format, instead of, like, a a children's show, like, there is that one episode with the children's show, can you just, like, speak a little bit about your process with those, and is there going to be more? (laughs) Yes, there's there will be more, and I'm I I wish it was a thing where it was like a my full time job, mm-hmm. um, but there will absolutely be more, and I'm talking about that with other parties mm-hmm. as far as how to make more of them <laughs> in a in a lucrative way, mm-hmm. but not one where I um, give up the rights to it because I am yeah. a lot more precious about it. Yeah. I, 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 you should be spirit <laughs> to not give it to somebody else yeah. but yeah. yeah I have others that are just like it just needs I need time to sit down and do them mm-hmm. and I've found that this environment this world environment currently mm-hmm. is not it's tough to make horror because horror is like mm-hmm. this escape <laughs> and a place to explore a frightening concept mm-hmm. but there's a mm-hmm. lot of frightening actual concepts now Right. So it's like a place I don't want to spend a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but some of it was also just that I know that stories are frightening, but um, being able to edit and being able to like control time and timing of a of a scenario is a great mm-hmm. place for horror to live. And I wanted to do something with the idea that it's like, well, if Candle Cove aired, where would it have aired? Like, what else was on that channel? Mm-hmm. And uh, since I don't have the rights to Kennel Cove, or I can, I can, I can't adapt it, but I can reprint the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I want, I had to come up with something related, but not so like mm-hmm. it's thematically mm-hmm. similar. Right. Uh, but I didn't want to just limit it to kids' shows. Like there's so much you could right. discover at night, flipping oh, around yeah. that right. it could be very bad. 
<laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, like if you're on TV like that late at night too, and you're just kind of like flicking through the channels, you see some weird, weird stuff that's like airing <laughs> during the day. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, I don't think we have any other specific questions. Um, <laughs> one thing I did want to mention, I, I mean, I did some research into what you know your work. And I found out you you love D and D. Is this true? Yeah, yeah, I play. I play. I did not play it until late in life. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I do a. We had been doing like four seasons of a D and D show at Penny Arcade, uh, right. their Twitch mm-hmm. channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I play a. There, I play a warlock named mm-hmm. Kathris, which is a great old one warlock. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I have an opportunity to explore horror in. D&D in this space I will do so <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah. cool we're yeah. we're honestly so interested and we, we wanted we wanted to play D, D&D before we graduated and then COVID hit so COVID hit so <laughs> here we, we are even get a graduation um yeah. Yeah. but yeah no just just want to say that's super cool <laughs> well, thank you <laughs> um do you want to just where can people find you is there is there any projects you want anything you want to shout out yeah gosh um i guess if there are any you can find them at uh chrisstraub.com where it's just Mm -hmm. sort of a a hub Mm -hmm. i'm I'm mostly active on twitter same same name yeah my own name Mm -hmm. um that's essentially it a lot of the stuff i'm doing now it's like i hate to I'm used to, again, I'm, I started as a cartoonist, so I'm used to, like, right. I do work and I put it online and people read it right away. But right. now I'm doing all this work that's like, I, I have an NDA, I can't discuss it, it's not ready to be shown yet. Right. So, oh, so now it's like, well, what are you doing? Are you doing anything at all? Yes, I am. I can't <laughs> share it. But, so I don't get the immediate, like, feedback of right. sharing this with the audience and they enjoyed it or they can tell me something. Right. It's, a, it's, it's more stressful. And yeah. it also makes me look like I'm, I'm not busy, but I, I'm working on many a thing. Personally. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll look forward to it. <laughs> thank yeah. you very much for, for this. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thanks thanks for you. Chatting. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So great. <laughs> much appreciated. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> for sure. Okay. I mean, I was going to not, I don't know if you had a, um, outro or whatever, but I, I can just. I can just disconnect. <laughs> you can stay if you want. No, I'd, I'd, we'll probably record the second part. Do you have any advice for us as baby podcasters? <laughs> I have the same advice for you that I would give to people who were starting out doing web comics too. Mm-hmm. And that is that you are making a product, but you're making a product because you like making it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would say, I've been doing this for six months and I have not seen an appreciable increase in audience and I'm frustrated and why isn't this a, a success yet? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know why it's not a success yet, but I do know that if you love doing it and that's why you're doing it, then you're not mm-hmm. going to quit when it's not mm-hmm. a success. Yeah. And I did web comics for five, six years before I would term it like oh this is working now as a income source mm-hmm. but I did it because I really enjoyed doing it and I liked getting better at it and that's why I didn't stop doing it so yeah. if, mm-hmm. if all you care about is like where do I hit the threshold where I have x number of listeners 
that I can sell a t-shirt right. to, that person <laughs> will give up. Right. And they will not see ever whether or not it would have worked. Right. But if you mm -hmm. like it and it's and it's enjoyable, it's not a chore for you to make, mm -hmm. then you'll keep going. And then and I think that's all anybody uh, wants to see. I think there's a lot of content that gets made that is flash in the pan. It's like big announcement, yeah. I have a show. And then you do two episodes and that's it because right. you, everybody got fired. But I think people, when they discover it, will appreciate seeing like, oh, they've been at this for 40 episodes. Like, I like it. I can go back and listen to, there's so much more for me to, to yeah. enjoy. Right. You know? Yeah. Good advice. Yeah, we really appreciate that. <laughs> well, of course. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank uh, you. Thank I, you. I, I'll let you be. All right. All right. Take care, y'all. Okay. You yeah, too. Bye. Bye. So that was our interview with Chris Straub. Thank you so much again if you're listening yeah, to this episode. Super cool. Also, and, we um, hope you enjoyed Rose's accent for one of the characters and just in general the way we read the story. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Campbell Cove is very special to us. Indeed. What a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, but I guess yeah. if you enjoyed this bonus episode, we will be planning on doing more bonus episodes in the future, so you should definitely check mm -hmm. them out. Creepypastas are just super cool. So let us know what you thought of Candle Cove. Um, and you could do that by contacting us on our various social media accounts. So Ooh. the most commonly used ones are Instagram and Twitter. So you can follow us on Instagram at Nightmare Girls Podcast. And then Twitter at Nightmare Girls Pod without the A and Nightmare and without the I and Girls. Um, but other forms that you can utilize as well are Facebook.com slash Nightmare Girls Podcast. And you can email us at the Nightmare Girls Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Ooh. Thanks for tuning in on this Sunday for this lovely bonus episode. I don't really know what day of the week it is, so I guess we're it all matter. confused. Especially because time isn't real. Yeah, time is yeah. just after, a social after construct. After we got the DM back from Chris, time meant nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I think we set the bar a little too high with this episode. <laughs> I know, yeah. like number one bonus episode, and we yeah. already interviewed the author. Yeah, we. It's okay. Truly, we're so young in our <laughs> podcast life that we had no intention of that even happening so we were still like very shook mm -hmm. about it and yeah. and we're just very thankful for that opportunity and yeah. um, yes thank you so much chris it was so cool it was a lot of fun glad to be making fun spooky content for people who also enjoy our fun spooky content yes go read candle yes. cove go check out chris's other stuff go watch local 58 because yes. i'm still reeling from them please the crap it's out terrifying <laughs> And we'll, again, link that all in our description. And Chris did yes. mention where you could find him on the internet as well, but we'll make sure to have that all linked for you to make it easier. But I guess until next time. Yeah, I suppose that's it for this week or until Friday. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. TTYL. Bye. Goodbye.